This episode is brought to you by NordVPN. Listen up, nerds. No. Good evening, Mr. and Mrs. America, from border to border and coast to coast and all the ships at sea. What? Hello, friends. Do you have a computer? Of course you do, because it's not 1987. Hell, you're listening to this on some kind of computer right now. But do you have a VPN? Oh, (laughs) what's a VPN, you ask? Well, my friend, a VPN is a virtual private network and it offers two key benefits. Enhanced privacy and security online. But VPNs do a lot more than that. VPNs shield your IP address, change your browsing location, and make online life easier. It's all about safety and security, my friends. But, like everything else in life, it's also about watching TV. Don't let your paid subscriptions go to waste. I use NordVPN to access my home content while I'm traveling. Wink, wink. Plus, secure your connection on public Wi-Fi in airports, hotels, cafes, anywhere you go when you're traveling. There's over 6,300 servers in 111 countries, and you can find a nearby server for the best VPN speeds. NordVPN is easy to use. Connect with one click or enable auto-connect for zero-click protection. And it's got amazing speed. NordVPN is one of the fastest VPNs out there. And with just one NordVPN account, you can use it on six devices. It supports every major platform, Windows, Android, iOS, Mac OS, Linux, even Android TV. I think those are all real. Don't miss out on all the awesome benefits for using a VPN. Go to nordvpn.com ifanboy today for a risk-free 30-day money-back guarantee. The link's in the show notes. Once again, that's nordvpn.com ifanboy. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Um, you ever feel like you really need to get something off your chest? This is this this is a, like a real thing. Like, if you're mad, if you're upset, if uh, if there's something going on, like the I, there's there's often for me an idea. Maybe it's a wrong. Maybe it's a moment. It's it's an injustice. It's something that because you, you keep going on and on over and over in your mind about it, and like that can create anger and resentment or shame, whatever it is. And very often. I have found, I am not a therapist, I have found that when you let it out, when you give it voice, when you say it out loud, um, sometimes it makes you feel better because you've, you've expressed it. And sometimes it makes you realize like, oh, this is not a big deal that I've, it's been stuck in my head. So you give voice to those things um, and it can make you feel a lot better. And shock of all shocks, therapy is one of those things that can help you do that. It can help you be able to say those things in a place where you don't need to worry about the repercussions of it, work your way through it, uh, figure out coping skills, how to get around it, you know, find, find ways to deal with that stuff instead of letting it fester. Um, if you are thinking of starting therapy, uh, if anything I said sounds familiar, you're like, oh, maybe my life would be a little better if I could deal with that kind of thing. You should give BetterHelp a try. It's fully online. It is convenient, flexible. It is suited to your schedule. That's the idea. That's what they're going for. Um, you can fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. That's a big deal. You can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. That that personal connection, I believe, to be super important. Again, I'm not a professional. Uh, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash iFanboy today. You get 10% off your first month. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash iFanboy. You're listening to the iFanboy.com Pick of the Week podcast, episode 104. Sponsored by the Netflix and Jim Hanley's Universe.
the iFanboy.com Pick of the Week podcast. This is episode 104. My name is Josh, and I'm here with someone. You sound so freaking friendly. What's wrong with you? I know. You're not Josh. Well, what the thing is, I've been talking to people, and they think that I come off as a little harsh, so I decided to turn it up. Oh, really? You got feedback yeah. that you come off as harsh? No, but it was for the that joke. That's what the focus group said? Yeah, well, yeah. Yeah, well I, get, I get notes from the network. Ron, you're too urban. Oh yeah. damn it! Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking it's about. Too yeah, urban. So. You have to. Connor, you're actually coming across as too Caucasian. Well, I don't know what that's. I don't know what that means exactly. Uh, I, uh, I'm here with with Ron and Connor, who I threw off. Hello. Hi. Um, and we're from myfanboy.com, which is a comic book website where we talk about comics. We read a bunch of them every week, and one of us is assigned picking the task of picking the best one, writing a review about it, and then we come here and we talk about that book and other books from the week that we feel like talking about. So that's the deal. It gets uh, to be it gets to be a, a mouthful, doesn't it? It does. The mumbly does. jumbly. And, yeah. And I, I think we fell out of practice a little bit. Yeah, I think we did. We got a little lazy. Okay, so before we get going, uh, this is for people who have read their books already or don't care to have them ruined because we're going to talk about plot points and things and stuff. There'll be spoilers. So uh, if you haven't read your book, you may want to come back after you have. But really, it won't matter. But that's my point of view. Whatever. <laughs> anyway. Don't live. Uh, this week, Ron, uh, Ron had to save, basically, because I was supposed to have to pick, but, but I didn't do it because I'm lazy shit. So, Ron, what did you pick? Uh, well, I had to um, – I warmed up in the bullpen, and then I came out, and I saved the day with Fear Agent number four, um, Fear Agent The Last Goodbye, issue number four. Um, for th- those of you who are just new to the podcast or haven't for some reason missed the past six months, um, you might have missed the fact that collectively we love Fear Agent. Yes. Um, yes. And it's a recent thing. Connor, Connor read it first, and then Josh and I kind of came late to the bandwagon, and right around May or June of this past year, we kind of discovered it. And um, uh, Fear Agent, for those who, who aren't, haven't heard of it, is written by Rick Remender. Um, this issue was drawn by Tony Moore Yay. Um, and colored by Lee Lowridge. Um, and the it was previously a series uh, published by Image, and there are two trade paperbacks out. And with this series, uh, Fear Agent: The Last Goodbye, this four-issue miniseries, they is the first issue, first series published by Dark Horse. They moved to the Dark Horse label, and Dark Horse has recently republished the first two trade paperbacks, so you can go pick them up if you want to. But um, it was a when we discovered them, it was like a breath of fresh air in that it was a comic book unlike any comic book I've read in a long time, but it was, yet entirely traditional. Yeah, exactly. It was it was a return to form of the classic sci-fi genre comic. Um, at least those first two trades were. And then with this series, uh, The Last Goodbye, what we did was um, we saw the the we kind of moved to almost like a prequel status. This takes place before the first two trades, and we get introduced to the our protagonist Heath Houston and his world before it gets all turned upside down and aliens invade Earth, and it became a sci-fi war comic as we see the battle for Earth, and culminating in this issue where which an awesome cover where you see the reflection of the earth forces running at an alien and you see the reflection in his dome and you see Heath leading the way holding a gun up in the air and holding the Texas flag and um, <laughs> and it was just after reading this issue and looking at my whole stack of books and I bought a shit ton of books again this week it's getting really really bad um, I, I sat back and I was just like you know you know it, Fear Agent is, is, is has just been such a delight to read and it has been so much fun and for reasons being that like it's i mean between the idea the concept is really really good the the classic science fiction the execution is amazing tony moore on pencils um and like i mentioned lee lowridge's colors all work together to form this 
visually stunning every panel i mean i found myself turning each page reading it and then just sitting there and like looking at it even even like the production of this book is really good. i mean like i'm holding it in my hand and it's like it's three bucks just like any other but it's got these big fat pages and you know like like they're nice paper stock yeah it's a beautiful yeah. book yeah and um and it was just great to see this is the last issue of this miniseries and we kind of and what it did was you could never have read fear agent before and you could picked up this miniseries and enjoyed it um it, i think that's a lot, of, a lot of people did that yeah no exactly and 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 if you've read fear agent if you read the first two trades you you got um answers to kind of you know how that what that universe is why the characters are the way they are you understand huge plot points about characters' motivations and why they're the way they were in the previous series, mainly in, in with the main character of Heath. Um, you find out that he's basically, he helped sa- help win the war, but at the same time also basically committed z- uh, xenocide, right? I mean, Genocide. or genocide, genocide, or was, like, xenocide is against aliens, right? Um, it is xenocide, I forget. He, he sh- Call he, Orson Scott Card and ask him. I don't yeah, think. exactly. He single-handedly struck back against the aliens. That's and, the nerdiest and... joke I've told <laughs> in in months. <laughs> but um, so we find out that he single-handedly struck back against the aliens that attacked them and destroyed their homeworld, and and no one no one other than his wife knew about it that he did that. And so you understand that why in the previous trade paperbacks that came out previously, why he's you know kind of a stumbling drunk and not really you know, kind of disassociated from life because he's dealing with the weight of what his past, um, his past transgressions were, you know, and which and is, again, I don't, I, you know, I don't want to ruin this for anybody, but basically like the really normal thing to do here would have been his wife got killed yep. and he, that's what wrecked him. And that's actually not what happened in this book, which is just like the little bit of, of not doing the completely traditional thing, you know? Yeah, no, exactly. And, and, but what I think is greatest about it is that we really um, – they're making a comic book that if you ask me, we're at the precipice of like the next generation of creators. Um, right now, we're kind of living in the world of Bendis and Brubaker and Rucka and stuff like that. I really believe that we're starting to see emerging some creators like – and Kirkman's kind of led the way here. I think Remender is part of that. Uh, Tony Moore is definitely part of that um, who are evolving the comic book form. Um, to, uh, to not only to its roots in terms of, you know, like content and, and subject matter and stuff like that. And I know we've, we talked about, we've talked to Remender and we've talked about Remender before and we're going to talk about him later in the podcast where he loves the idea of genre books and stuff like that. But also in the approach of the books where, you know, we, and we talk a lot about it, it comes up in, in our private conversations as well as here on the podcast, you know, this is going to read great in the trade or this was made for the trade or whatever. And I personally hate that. I can't stand it because I'm buying a monthly comic book. It should read like a monthly comic book. And... Um, recently, um, uh, books like Fury Agent and a book like Exterminators and stuff like that have pointed out to me that there are folks who are making this where you could – I bought these issues – I bought this miniseries an issue and enjoyed every issue of it, and it worked at – stood by itself as a monthly issue. Collected as a trade paperback, I'm sure it's going to read great as well. Basically, they figured out the way to do both, which I think is the future of the industry, if you ask me. And, and the creators who do are able to figure this out are the ones who are going to be successful. 
Um, and so it was kind of it was kind of it got me a little excited about the industry to see a book like this hopefully doing well and hopefully selling and hopefully you'll all go out and read it because it really is I think it'll be one of the forerunners of the next kind of gen of comics you know in the next you know. I think that you're definitely on on point and, and I don't know if I'd even thought of this but I think when you think about the next people who are going to you know I don't want to say replace but like the like people are going to fill Jeff Johns and, and Brian Bendis shoes there's a real good chance that Remender is going to be one of those people uh, you know, and I mean, there's other guys like that, and I really, I think, if if he's not already, like Tony Moore is like the the he's like the indie band that everybody loves, yes. you know, like he's he's I, I, for me he could be one of the top name artists. He just doesn't seem to be wanting to do those kind of projects. Yeah, you know, like, he does but, interesting work instead. Right. Well, yeah, no, what, I, totally. what, I, what, what I think is really inter- yeah. What I think is really interesting is that like there you will you can buy a I don't want to say I mean I'm I'm only using this in with tongue in cheek but you can buy a corporate comic you could buy Spider Man you could buy X Men you could buy Superman you could buy Batman and you're pretty much sure you know what you're gonna get based off that establishment of, of those characters and those companies Grant Morrison Jeff Johns Mark Wade I don't you know. know what I'm getting with a Grant Morrison book. Well, no, no, I think <laughs> never, but, ever, not for a second. No, but but no, but I think you do though. I mean, ultimately, Dio isn't going to let Morrison steer Batman that far off. There, well, he a, left Frank Miller. Well, well, yeah, no, but but that was twenty years ago. No, you know that's, what I mean. That's oh, no, seven years I ago. Just, yeah. Actually, I disagree. No, with that, but. well, no, I think in terms of in terms of ongoing monthly continuity, there is a there is an there is a editorial presence that is you can't argue is persistent across those main tier of books. I mean, that's what exists. They're they're guiding those characters to a point where they want to take them editorially. Of course, that that allows the creators to do you know to add their little touches, and as long as they get Spider Man to this point, then it's okay and that sort of thing. But what you've got with books like Fear Agent and books like Invincible and stuff like that is you've got you've got it's almost like you said the indie band that everybody, they're doing what they want to do. Well, sure, they're they're creating their own characters and they're they're creating their own universes and telling the kind of stories that and it's almost kind of cyclical because they're telling the kind of comics that they remember growing up reading, or that, that that you know. And so it's almost like it's almost like a a throwback to what they you know from comics of twenty thirty years ago, but with a modern twist and an evolution in terms of quality and in terms of you know um, craft. So I mean I I think honestly books like this are kind of where it's at when you want to look to the future of the of the industry and whether or not you know like I think it would be great to see somebody like Remender or Tony Moore working on you know the X books or on on JLA or something like that I kind of also want them to be successful I, I would prefer them to be successful doing their own thing because if it's kind of like you know that's nice but we're gonna do this over here yeah know? totally so. I, I mean I, and I don't mean to say that I think most of the time books uh, superhero books will do that but. I do think that when you get a guy like like a, a creator who's especially talented, like they sometimes give them their corner to let them pe- those people do what they want. And I think with that, you end up with you know like a lot of the stuff that Brubaker's done. Where I think with Daredevil and Daredevil with Bendis more so, but uh, you know Daredevil and Captain or Brubaker and Captain America, like he was just, they were just, just like I'm gonna go off my corner and do my thing. And there are occasionally. Uh, well, no, but but he's doing their thing. But honestly, I mean, like, and, and Daredevil 101 came out this week and it was really, really good. But is it that far off of what we know as of Daredevil? You know what I mean? Like, it's it's not that, you know. I mean, it's not that, you know, barrier breaking. It's not that, you know. No, but kind there's of, what, what, no, and it's not all the time. And I, I don't even think the current incarnation of Daredevil is really it. But if you think about like. Certain people will come in sometimes, and the thing is, they come from books like Remender's Fear Agent. Like people, they'll give somebody like who does a book like this some like a corner of Marvel, and all of a sudden something amazing happens that you've never seen before. It doesn't it doesn't not happen 
it, um, it doesn't happen all the time, but it does happen sometimes. It's just it's just that it's rare. And, it is. And yeah, so those are the um, moments I live for. You know, as, yeah, exactly. as a Marvel reader. Exactly. But. but anyway, but it's it's great to, it's great to know that you can come to Dark Horse and pick up Fury, or you go to Image and you can pick up you know and you know any of those books that we've talked about that have come from Image that have been they've been doing such great stuff out over there. Um, and you can really see kind of hopefully is the the future of the industry, and it doesn't necessarily have to be from the big two. I think that that that's what this book kind of shows as well. But surprisingly, what came in a very very close second which i I almost picked um was x-men first class number five for marvel um written by jeff parker and drawn by roger cruz um this has been a kind of an under the radar kind of book um it's got an x so i imagine immediately turns some folks off but um i gotta say you you shouldn't let that do that to you well and if you if you watch the video show that came out the day before this podcast, and then I think we we talked about that. Yeah, we talked a little bit about um in in that video show. I I, so I recommended the first uh, hardcover of X Men First Class to you and Connor. Um, so you're saying as it goes on in the f- second incarnation, still good. Yeah, no, here we are in the fifth issue, and it's it's again it's uh, just to kind of give people an idea of what it is. It's kind of in between issues um, of the '60s X Men. Kind of in between the panels, tales. I don't even think it's that because that it doesn't take place in the sixties. It's not. Well, yeah, but it's not like when Busiek or Busiek wrote that Untold Spider-Man. It actually was in between the panels because it referenced stories and it was and it was contemporary this is this is x-men now so it's it's just no but but i think but i but i i challenge that with this issue i mean you did you read this issue yes um this this issue starts off with they're doing it in a clever way where you're right busick's untold tales of spider-man which came out in the 90s literally was this takes place in between amazing spider-man number four and number five and that sort of thing in 1964 in 1964, what they're doing is they're modernizing that original team to make it almost timeless, or at least you know not campy and dated by our standards. But like with this issue, the first page is a reprint of a, uh, a page from the early Hulk comics right. of Thunderbolt Ross screaming about the Hulk, and in a clever way, it's got a little handwritten note of Hank yelling at uh, uh, Bobby and Warren to keep away from his comics. And then this story then is the tale of the X-Men being called in by the army to help General Thunderbolt Ross find the Hulk. Right. So this story definitely takes is, – is meant to take place in between the pages of the comic that it mentioned on the first page. Well, yes and no. I mean it, it yeah. can't because it wouldn't make sense that one's in the 60s, one's in the, o, in the OOs. Right, but the thing is I don't, I don't think this X-Men First Class takes place in a year. Well, I don't if think I don't, have, I don't, if you if you ask Jeff Parker, it's not saying this is 2007, but it's also not 1963. Well, they well, have they've got email and they've got things like that. It's not. Yeah. It's not at all. Right. I mean, it's a reimagining of the old stories. But anyway, it's this is a great issue. You know, it, every issue seems to have some little aspect of the X Men plus the Marvel universe, and this one happens to be the Hulk. Um, I thought this was actually the best issue I've read yet of the series art wise. Roger Cruz um, still on it. Roger yes. Cruz is still on it. There is, an, there is an amazing amazing two pages of when the X-Men are fighting the Hulk, and it's a great a panel of Cyclops you know, going to his visor, then, then shooting the Hulk, and the Hulk kind of getting up from the rocks, and then he kind of rubs his jaw and goes, not bad. And then you turn the page, and there's almost the exact same layout, but with the Hulk then doing his kind of clap, and he knocks all the X-Men down, and they see Jean Grey, Grey get up, and she says, not bad. Yeah. Like, it, 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 that, th- those two pages were – and then the third page actually culminating in Jean Grey telekinetically throwing the Hulk away. Um, those two to three pages I thought were – like, I saw that – based on those pages alone, I almost picked it as the pick of the week. I'm like, oh, this is great. This is awesome. It's nice. So, it's, a, it's a super yeah. fun book. I mean, it's, yeah, it's exactly. really fun to read. 
Yeah, it's it's really is it really is the X Men as that um you know kind of bumbling, still learning their powers, heroes, uh, trying to be superheroes and students at the same time of the '60s kind of set now and in an accessible kind of way that that is just uh, uh, great for all ages, great for you know fans of Marvel, great for fans of X Men, great for people who are curious about the X Men but never re- got around to reading them. Just primo, primo, primo. So yes, I dug it. Josh, you you were surprised this week. Yeah, so I just happened to read Thunderbolt 117, and I believe if I remember last week, like we were saying, hey, what happened to that? No one talks about it. We did actually, yeah. Um, and so I, I just and, had a and you were and you were close to writing it off. No, I we didn't we, write it off. I, I, yeah, I've yeah. Dro- I had dropped it previously. Yeah, yeah. yeah I stopped buying yeah. it. But I, I I read through 117, and I was I I really liked part of it, but then again, it was mostly because it was one of the characters who wasn't normally in it. Yeah. Uh, what you have here is mostly a conversation between Doc Sampson, um, a character I'm only vaguely familiar with. I actually looked him up on Wikipedia, which is he's a Marvel Universe psychiatrist, de facto. Yeah, um, and he's got some Hulk power to him. Yeah. Um, and it's him talking to Robbie, and basically, Robbie, who is Penance, who was Speedball. Right, right. Um, sorry. Uh, and and basically, if you've ever seen, um, there's an episode of The West Wing. Where a oh, psychi- here we go. No, no, no. Where a psychiatrist <laughs> – shut up. <laughs> where a psychiatrist goes in to talk to the president, and he's kind of a tough-ass psychiatrist. Well, that was a great episode. Yeah, and, and it's just kind of like that, where basically he tells the president to stop being a bitch. Yeah. And, and, and that's kind of what this is about. Like he just talks plain to Robbie you know, and is like – and basically the, the conceit of the character of Penance is that he's a cutter. Which is, I thought was a little, you know, like a little rote, but whatever. Um, like he cuts himself so that he can f- feel. I don't well, that's how he accesses his power by. by yeah, the but but it, he's saying it, like there's. But it's, of, in a, it's in a selfish kind of almost drug kind of way. Yeah, right. You know, They're like, suggesting yeah. that it's it's you know it's just self-centered and ultimately destructive, uh, and childish. And I, I I don't know. I really enjoyed it, and I was like. I want that – for some – I don't have any experience with Speedball, but I like, I have a feeling like if I was a fan of Speedball, I would be like, what the hell did you do to this character right now? Yeah, I, and f- it's funny that you say that because I was thinking the exact same thing on the way home from the comic book store before I'd read this. Uh-huh. That's, that's funny that you said that. So. And, and like I, I, I like what, – what it is they kind of showed a way out for this character. And that in the destruction of everything that is the Thunderbolts, which I don't care about. I, I did read the parts that have Norman Osborn and Moonstone. I'm like I could care less about any of that. But I, I thought that the scenes uh, with with Doc Sampson and and and, and uh, Speedball Penance, whatever, were really good. Do you guys like it? Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. Um, you know, that's it was a good like one time read. You know, I, it doesn't make me want to pick up any more of the series because no. it's not going to be that anymore. But nor would I want it to be. But it was a nice like. Diversion. Yeah, I mean, if you're reading this book, I assume you really enjoyed. I just remember we dropped it. it. We dropped it a few months ago, and I remember back when we dropped it, the team was in turmoil, and and Norman Osborn was at 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 war with his psychosis about being (laughs) green goblin. It seems to be the same. And it seems, except for the 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 speedball stuff. But but I don't know about. I don't know about I don't know though because the the stuff towards the end with the with the prisoners that came in and then them all talking telepathically and and with the kind of like a, we see like a plot of, of of invading the Thunderbolts and attempting to take them down from the inside uh, with these kind of like you know 
crappy heroes that that have been uh, corralled by them. I th- that that got me kind of curious and interested to see where he's going with that. I mean, that was an interesting subplot introduced with this issue that I actually am excited to. See, uh, I'm curious to see what happens. Excited, I, I would agree that it was it was interesting. Yeah. I think it'd be more interesting if the rest of the plot hadn't been the same spot it was three or four months ago. Yeah. When I did the book. fair enough. Yeah, fair what's enough. funny is that I didn't feel like I'd missed anything. Yeah, exactly. I could I could jump back on now and not not have a word. I'm probably not going to though. But it was a okay, really then. good issue. Just like the first one was a really good issue. Yeah. So you can okay. buy buy it every seven months or so. <laughs> <laughs> um, how about that crawl space XXX zombies? So yeah, so I, I and you were, you mentioned earlier that you 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 were surprised that I picked this up. Um, I actually um, picked it up on a on a whim. I had I was reviewing the uh, the pull list and I was just looking in. I, I was reviewing the shipping list and I was looking at some titles that I didn't recognize. I saw crawl space number one and I looked it up and I saw this is a the first issue of what is meant to be like a horror anthology mm-hmm. um, from uh, published by. Image. It's two ninety nine, um, and it's uh, by Rick Remender, Tony Moore, and Kieran Dwyer. Um, at least this first arc is. I don't know if it's always going to be that team. It's, four, um, it's a four part arc. So this story is going to yeah. be four issues, and then as it's an anthology, the next thing could be completely different. Right. And what it was is, I think Remender and Moore did the story. Remender wrote it, and then Kieran Dwyer drew it. Um, basically, what got me to buy it was it was a, a zombie. It's a zombie book. It's about which you love. Zomb- yeah, which which right, which I you know tongue in cheek, you know I don't I don't really like the zombies, but um, what if zombies invaded late 1970s LA porn maker filmmakers? It's it's, <laughs> it's Boogie Nights versus meets meets Night yeah. of the Dead. And I was like, that's a concept I want to read. And so, <laughs> and so I picked it up, and it was a blast. I mean, it was again we and we talked about this last week with Marvel Zombies too. You know, the zombie thing can be done well and can be done right. You know what I mean? Like, you know, again, we see it. You know, this is kind of straight up, you know. Um, well, this is straight out of Grindhouse. I mean. Yeah, 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 a little bit. Like, I was trying to think of the word to describe it. But yeah, like like the movie Grindhouse, like the Grindhouse movies that came out, you know, last spring, definitely. But the, I mean, yeah. even the pages are all aged. Yeah. Like. Yeah, uh, like the, the, the coloring is lighter. Coloring and, yeah, is washed so. out and the white edges yeah. look like, you know, it looks like it's been like stippled by some moisture or whatever. Yeah. So again, they, co- uh, colors by Lee Lowridge. Lee Lowridge did the colors on F- uh, Fury Agent too. Like yeah. fantastic. You know what else yeah. he does? What? Fables. Uh, he, yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> I won't. I won't. I won't hold that against so John, but, um, you, you But except you, know. you won an, uh, you know, they're winning Eisner's for that book. But whatever. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Whatever. I almost said Emmy. Um, I actually, I didn't really know what to think about this, and I wasn't gonna buy it because I, I really, you know, I don't really care about zombies all that much. But I was like, oh, they have fun doing books every time I read them, and it was, it was just a lot of fun. And like the conceit of like being a bunch of just self-destructive '70s porn actors and and filmmakers was kind of funny, and you know, it's just over the top and ridiculous. And you know, they've set it up so that I'm I, I'm interested in seeing what happens next. It's a fun horror book for the adults. Yeah, definitely, definitely for the adults. Yes, <laughs> and hence the, the name is XXX Zombies. Yeah, so it's like yeah. Um, another thing. I don't know if you noticed about this, but again, it's like beautiful production. Yeah, thick yeah. paper, like the most expensive kind. No ads, you know. Yeah. Dark Horse, image, no, image. Mm. image. Connor, did you did you read Robin this week? Uh, Robin yes, one sixty seven. What kind was, of a dumb question is that? I know. Well, it was a segue. I what see. did you think of it? Did it? Did, you know. Um. It was weird because it's a fill-in issue between writers, between uh, Adam Beach and I guess Chuck Dixon. I don't know if he's doing yeah. it or not. But it this was... is Brandon Thomas. I'd never heard of him. I didn't expect yeah. anything out of it. I was really pleasantly surprised by this issue. Um, 
basically, like if you think about what Robin's been through since Identity Crisis, his father's been killed. Uh, most of his friends are dead. Uh, he lost an ex-girlfriend. And spoiler, he well, not since Identity Crisis, but in recent times, he, you know, another right. girlfriend got shot. And he's, he's nothing but loss. It's been yeah. like, yeah. Best but he's friends, friends. But he's the character who's not cracking. He's not like Matt Murdock, who's on the edge of ruin. You know, Daredevil is constantly in a stage of like you're like, is he going to kill himself this issue? Like right. Robin is is a 15, 16 year old kid, and he's holding it down. He's holding it together. And this issue is the first one to start to show a crack in his armor. And right. I thought that that's, I thought that was a really bold move for a guy who's basically a fill-in writer. I thought the the idea of the story was great, and the 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 need to to describe that. Um, I thought the guy this fill-in writer's dialogue wasn't the best, but. Um, but I do, I do appreciate the fact that they are actually delving into the to what all this means for Robin, which was. Cool. I think it's totally time to, and I think there were some really touching pages. I think no, absolutely, the, the ending, end, was, the ending was fantastic. Right, and that, I mean, that's actually what made me go, "Wow, this is actually worth talking about." Where like he kind of breaks down in front of his dad's tombstone, and then, you know, Batman shows up, and and kind of like at the at at the very end, Batman looks over at the tombstone, and he's like, "Good night, Jack. It's just Tim's dad. I'll take it from here." And it's like. This really simple. Even now, I'm talking about. It, I'm getting a little chills because. You know what else is interesting is the more the more Tim tries to not be Bruce, the more he becomes Bruce. I and mean, this is totally a Bruce thing to go yeah. to the grave and break down in front of it. And he I just is, think that coming Batman. For a person to come in and be able to pick that up as a one-issue fill-in thing, at the perfect point to do it in a character's development, I was really impressed by. Um, he'll, he's not doing any issues after this. It's going to be Chuck Dixon, so that could go. I know, I'm not positive that if he's coming right on or not. He yeah. Not. Um, it's just a one-issue thing. I don't think it would be terribly interesting to you if you haven't been reading it all along, but it was good, and I, I liked it. Excellent. Awesome. So, um, And if you liked any of those books and want to check them out and you're in the New York City metro area, you should go to Jim Hanley's Universe. Um, which is uh, one of the best comics bookstores around. Uh, they offer they got a great selection of comics and superheroes and indie books and manga and mini comics and a whole bunch of stuff. Um, so if you're ever in New York City, you should come to Jim Hanley's Universe where art and literature meet. They've got two locations. Uh, one is on 33rd Street in Manhattan across the street from the Empire State Building, and the other one's at 325 New Dorp Lane in Staten Island. That's New Dorp, D-O-R-P. Someday we Lane. should charter a boat and go out there. That's a good idea. Um, I don't have my and, Staten Island shots currently, though. They're not, and that's they're not up to date. 325 New Dorp Lane in Staten Island, as Connor mentioned. Um, and, and if you head into the store and you buy something, tell them my fanboy sent you. And um, if you want to go visit them online, you can go to jhuniverse.com, or you can visit their MySpace page and be their friend at myspace.com forward slash Jim Hanley's Universe. Um, and t if you friend them, tell them my fanboy told you to friend them, blah, blah, blah. Um, Jim Hanley's Universe, where art and literature meet. So, how much do, you, do I want a Green Arrow book by Jock and Andy Diggle? How much do you want? A lot. I would. I would also like that. I thought yeah. this Green Arrow Year One issue six of six came out, and it. I thought it ended really strong. Yep. The, fi the final issue of the re is it retconning or retelling of the, Green Arrow's origin? This updating. is a retcon. It's an updation. Updation. Yeah, is, that, is updation yeah. a word? It's not no, a word, but I invented now it. it is. Updation. Yeah, now it is. Copyright Connor. He, ret um, he retconned English. Yes, I, <laughs> I thought, um, you know, this is, I know Ron's going to hate this, but this is definitely a miniseries for the trade. Um, it's felt, it's felt, Fuck you. it's felt thin by issues. I love you. And, um, <laughs> it, but I think this, this last one is, has been really, it was really strong. I thought the ending was great. Um, 
I liked his relationship with the the slave girl. Um, yeah, definitely. And I thought very- it was a little odd at the end when he was like, "You want to come live with me?" <laughs> yeah, yeah, I agree. Came from I thought- out of nowhere. <laughs> Yeah, I thought I thought he got a, but the, but the thing is that then, but it actually makes sense. It, it it wasn't until the last couple pages where it felt like the Ollie that I knew. Yes. Yeah, you know what I mean. So, well, he's growing then, into it. He's still you know yeah. young, and yeah. I thought the last page just you know it just makes yep. you want to go into that world. Oh and God, As much yeah, as I great. love the current book and and Judd Winnick's take on Green Arrow, which is awesome, I I really want like an early early gritty. Green Arrow book by Diggle and Jock, really badly. This was a great. This is a great series. Uh, yeah, really I good. I just finished reading the Losers, the whole thing all the way through, and this is like just like this is just them working just as well together. Yep. You want to you want to know what else is working well together? Um, Ultimate Spider Man number one fifteen. Um, I think you know how sometimes they say it takes a couple issues for a team to to gel. I thought the exact same thing. This <laughs> is the one where Eminem was just like, click, okay, <laughs> now are, we've got it. That's amazing. I thought the exact yeah. same I, thing. That's really creepy. I, 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 yeah. I had the exact same reaction except for Kitty's awful costume. Well, yeah, well, but that's not his fault. Oh. I mean, that was done before that. I don't know how she sees, but anyway, um, it's like all covered. She sees um, her vision through it. But um, <laughs> and what I think what I think might have done it was um, uh, Peter Parker not in the Spider Man mask. Yeah. I think that I really believe that Immerman was drawing Peter Parker, and I really got it. Um, you know, real briefly, you know, the Goblin is back, and Nick Fury's not running Shield anymore. Carol Danvers is, and she. The last issue ended with her arresting Spider-Man, and we find out that she was trying to use Spider-Man as bait to lure Green Goblin with a very public arresting. Kitty sees the public arresting Kitty Pride, and she runs and she and she boosts uh, Peter out of out of uh, Shield prison, and then ultimately, which they, I love they, because that, yeah. I mean that, that has I, much more depth to her. It was great. The but scene then, where Kitty is is like decides that she has to go. Yeah, she's sitting there doing homework, and I was just like, "Wow, that's brilliant." No one ever, you know, that's one of those things they never talk about. Like, I have to go. Yeah, really? Yeah. yeah. Is, it, is it rude if I leave? And yeah. then, and then, like, um, like him going, "Hey, you know who he is, don't you?" Anyway, <laughs> you know, I was just there was so many good moments in this book. Yeah. I laughed and out so, loud when they deputized. What, no, no, oh wait, no, 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 wait. That's what I'm talking All about. Right. I'm getting to. So they get, they get to, they, they finally they escape from the shield um, things, <laughs> and then they, they, they square off with the shield troops, and they have a big argument. And basically, Carol Danvers says, "Okay, fine, I'm deputizing you. You guys are shield agents. Let's go get the goblin." And she hands them big guns, <laughs> and and she says, and they're like, "You're giving us guns? We're we're miners." And she's like, "No, it's not a gun. They're they're neural ne- neutralizers or whatever." And you know, and and she's trying to tell them that they can they can do this and they have superpowers and it's all very kind of like very uh, curt and and short and brusque and kind of military. And then at the end of the panel, the end of the page, possibly the I, the the la- I don't remember the last time I've laughed out loud, but the last panel is Kitty and Peter talking and they're holding these guns and Kitty goes, "It's not a gun," and Peter goes, "It's a noony noodleiner." <laughs> Like literally, <laughs> she, like in the panel before, Cal Danvers says it's a neural neutralizer, and, and then it calls a noonie needle eater. <laughs> um, it was possibly the best panel ever, and that is yeah. followed by like a classic Spider-Man and villain yeah. fight, where where a he's being quippy and funny, and you really do get the sense, like very a very real sense that he's doing this to distract himself to make him not worry about how dangerous but you actually feel like there's danger i felt like there was danger i know he's not going to get killed interestingly enough did you pick up a couple pages earlier when he ran out of web right yeah that's, yes. and that's where the danger yeah. comes from well the, yeah. he, he ran out because carol danvers was being a bitch and was shooting it off yeah. in front of him 
Yeah, exactly. But I thought that was great. That one panel where he just tries to use the web shooters and you just see the, the sound effect, the PSS, PSS, the pss, you know, like it's empty. And then that carries so much weight when you, when you, I'm like, oh shit, how's he going to get out of this? I know he's not going to die, but it's just a great cliffhanger. Yeah, he's really going to, he's yeah. going to acquire the caustic powers there. Yeah. You, <laughs> hey, uh, you, you are not kidding about Eminem though. I mean, it's a great just, looking oh, book. Yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, so good. I, so good. I, I don't know what's going on with Flash 233. Yeah. Um, in the same way of when creators click on Ultimate Spider-Man, I I think I'm going to be bold. Mark Wade, move on. He already did it. He had his take. A lot of times you try to go back. There's somebody, again. somebody yeah. whose initials are the same who's tried to do that. Chris something. Oh, what, Claremont? X-Men. Oh, yeah, yeah, right. no, yeah. Yes. oh yeah. yeah, no, I agree. It's, this, this feels a lot like when Claremont came back to the X-Men in 2000. Yeah. Like, yeah, I mean, it just, I mean, like, I don't like, I, I mean, I'm going to go out and say it. I don't like what they've done with the kids. I don't like the plot. I thought the, um, I thought the, the Justice League involvement at the end of this was weird, weak. Yeah. weird and weak. It was just like, and it wasn't Wally. No, that's the biggest yeah. problem is, is I liked the, I actually, I liked the first Wade book. Mm-hmm. Um, and I kind of like the second one, but ever since then, it feels like, A, it's ironically, we're running in place here. You know, yeah. Nothing, nothing yes. has happened. And and B, everybody feels off. No, he doesn't feel like Wally. Um, the, the whole the, the kid involvement was a mistake. There's, I don't like. The, there's no point in having the kids. Yeah, and you know what's creepy? Jacked up, muscly little kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And any yeah. day of the week, that's too weird. However, um, this is Freddie Williams' first issue. I liked it a lot. I art. did. I don't think he's got it down yet. I feel like this one no. was a little rushed. Um, but here's for an Asian Linda Park. Let's yes. hear it for a girl. Like she's Asian, you can tell. Thank God. You know, you know, you know the end of Weird Science, Ron, where um, yes. where the where the uh, they they intimidate the monsters into leaving the house, and they all kind of walk off meekly. Yeah, yeah. That's that's the feeling I got from when Batman's like, oh, we're sorry. And he sort of yeah, it was yeah. so weird. <laughs> you know, like when so the big scary guy in Weird Science is like, oh, excuse us, excuse us, we'll just. Be and leaving. then he walks away and he goes, I'm I'm a school teacher. Yes. Well, even that's how yeah, I got. I'm, that's the feeling I got from the Justice League leaving. It was very strange. It was very the whole thing from when they came back and then they're like, and when they're like, hey, thanks for the assist. There's beer in the fridge, and then that weird Superman panel where like we've come for the kids, and then that like kind of like that fantasy of Flash fighting them. You know, Which like, was weird and because there running. was no indication it was a fantasy or that it. Yeah, ex- exactly. And then like, and not to mention Superman looked really weird. Like, and, and, but whatever. I'm not going to worry about that. Did you like backup um, story? No. I, no, well, here's the thing. I like that there was a backup story. I didn't actually like the backup. Oh, I story. did. I had fun with it. I don't know. I didn't like it. They, but, they were um, fighting the uh, the Henson characters or whatever. Yeah, I, just, I, I just didn't like. I didn't like. I don't like Braithwaite's art. So that's all. Okay. So, um, but um, but I like the fact that there was a backup story. But Mark Wade, move on. And DC is kind of going downhill. Well, you know, they you got, had you got one, you got Wonder Woman, you got Wonder Woman, you got Superman, you got Flash. Their their core characters are all in disarray. I don't. They had Guggenheim, great writer. Yeah. Had a handle on it. We were rolling. They had Carl Kiesel on it. Like, yeah. What? what? Or not even Carl Kershaw. Kershaw. Carl Kershaw. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. How could I get those two mixed up? This book's oh, on man. the block. Really quickly, Gotham's Underground number one came out. Uh, Frank Thierry writing, Jim Calafiori uh, penciling. He did some 52 issues. Uh, issues. I like Calafiori. Yeah. I remember, um, yeah. This, I bought it because it's, it's a miniseries that's supposed to include all the Batman heroes and all the villains. So I checked it out. What I didn't realize was there's a whole story brewing in the DC Universe that is going to involve Checkmate and Countdown and a bunch of other titles. Um, Countdown, it happened a little bit in Countdown this week where you saw Two-Face being brought to jail. Oh, you mean when they're taking them to a prison that nobody knows about? Yeah, that, and, that and he's happened. dressed like Tommy Lee Jones? Yeah, he, yeah. he got um, arrested in this comic by, by, by Suicide Squad. Basically, the story is that 
uh, Checkmate is attempting to gather up all the villains and, and ship them off world. Um, sounds, fami- it, sounds familiar. Is it, is it, is it uh, in the negative zone? Is there a number 42 possibly. nearby? Yeah, but, so that's, that's happening uh, underneath the tapestry of some other books, and it's all going to come together apparently later on. But a lot of it's happening in this one. This is the dealing with all the, the Gotham part of it. Um, and it's, it's like it's it's like that year that all the um, all the meteor movies came out, and then so this yeah, is, this so. Was, this had all had Batman, Robin, Nightwing, had Two Face, and Riddler, and Penguin, and you know basically really? had everybody, and and the Suicide Squad busts in and arrests Two Face, and it's 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 I didn't realize there's this undercurrent story going on, but now I'm very interested because Checkmate is deeply involved in it, and who doesn't love Checkmate? Did you like it? Yeah, it was good. It was fun. I think to answer your question, a whole lot of people don't love Checkmate. Screw them, man. Sales, sales numbers. <laughs> but you should love Checkmate. So. Jerks. Cool. It's not easy right. to love. Jerks. Good week. Good week, I think. Yeah. So. <laughs> I don't know. Really. All right. Um, let's get to some email then. Jared from Knox Vegas, Tennessee, who says he started reading comics when he was about 12, and he's 28 now. But there was a period when he was about 16 when he stopped reading, and he started back up again about a year ago. We've all been through that. Now, exactly. after that. <laughs> When he was younger, he wasn't a, a, a big DC fan, but lately he's been starting to read DC comics, and therein lies the problem. He's trying to read Countdown to 52 along with several other monthly DC titles. He finished 52 in the current Countdown issue, but he's thinking about dropping DC altogether. There's so much continuity, he's just ridiculous. He doesn't have any clue what, what some of these little innuendos mean, and it's driving him crazy. Um, he wants to read DC really badly, but he feels like he's missing things that other readers would probably look at as obvious signs. Um, he says that he did buy Crisis on Infinite Earths, Absolute... Um, Infinite Crisis, Kingdom Come Absolute, and other collections. He can, um, and he can try to find and help understand this very confusing universe, but he's wondering if it's even worth it, and will it help to read some of these, these backstories? Um, and he says, you know, even Marvel has the ultimate line, which he loves, and is able to pick up basically any Marvel story and know what's going on in the characters and have a good time with it. Um, and he kind of got into Marvel before Civil War and everything else, but he can be saved with some backstories. But is there any stories that we can suggest, or is it a lost cause of DC? So I, I think that his position is the closest to mine in a way, although he's much more concerned with the larger universe aspect than I am. But like I didn't I don't really know that much about all the DC continuity either. I mean, I just think it's a matter of finding the stuff that you like that's going on in DC and reading that. And you don't you know, if you're not interested in the other stuff, don't. And Well, no, I mean, I mean, and, and not I mean, not to take the, the completely selfish take. I mean, I'm right there with you, Josh. I mean, like, I'm not nearly as versed in DC as Connor is. There's a lot of things I go look up and people who I don't know who they are. And I ask, you know, Connor or the comic book store folks or whatever, like, who's that? What is oh, that? Yeah, oh, yeah. But, but, but what I'm saying is I don't care. Right, no, and what, no, and I'm agreeing with you, saying that at some point you got to like there. There are references I know I'm missing. Yeah. That I, especially when it comes to Legion and stuff like that. Like I've right. never read anything who knows, Legion. Who knows about and, Legion anyway? And I just literally like it just passes right through me, and it's like you just it's just how much do you want to care about? I think with a lot of DC books is that I will find something that I like for a little while, and then it will lose me. I tend to drop DC books a lot more because, like, because you're casual. Well, I am a little more casual with it, but then the other thing is like they will get involved in. I mean, countdowns no. Well, yeah, I was just—I was just gonna say, Countdown to Fifty Two are probably poor choices for the casual DC reader, if you ask me. Although you guys love Fifty Two, and that was—I no, yeah. actually think Fifty Two was yeah. great for it because it was it. Yeah, um, but Countdown not so much. I'm—I'm—I'm I'm, I'm really getting on the fence about that because. Yeah. Yeah. Although I don't, I, don't, I don't know why people—we get this a lot in emails. People pick up the absolutes as a as an experiment to see if they're gonna like it. That seems great. The, the, the absolutes are the exceptions, if you ask yeah. me. Yeah. They—they are not. You no, know, but I mean, that's, that's I mean, a lot of money to spend on an experiment. Well, they're the best in <laughs> show too. Yeah. You know, I mean, the thing is, though, there's titles, you know, like Robin has been fantastic for a year plus. It is not tied up with any of that stuff. I mean, I think Count Checkmate's gone in and out, but I think that's been a great title. Um, 
you know, we were just talking about Green Arrow year one. No, but check, but no, no, but but let's be honest about Checkmate. You you like Checkmate because of Rucka and because of the type of stories they're telling. Absolutely. But Checkmate is, is Checkmate is is deeply mired in the back channels of DC continuity. Totally is, but yeah. it's there written. are there are issues of Checkmate where I have no idea who the people right. are, no idea what they're it's talking about. It's true, but it's about. written yeah. well enough that it's not actually dependent yeah. on those things. Right. Yeah, but the thing is, I can see where somebody would have a problem with that. Uh, so. Sure. Yeah. So. But anyway, yeah. So. You know, ultimately, it's your dollar and your decision. You know, it, it, I mean, if any, I mean, it's one thing to want to be involved and jump on board and be reading everything, but at some point, you got to draw a line with what you're comfortable. You know, if you're not with, enjoying you know, it, so. then you know, done. Josh, you want to read the cool. next one? Yes, I will read the next one uh, from Tad S. We know who he is uh, in California. He shed most of his fanboy habits years ago, but even though he doesn't bag and board, he finds himself unable to take the top comic from the stack at a comic shop. I always pick one from several down, the one that hasn't been, quote, handled. Uh, this has backfired once or twice, so when I'm not paying attention, it ends up sliding out and purchasing the previous issue. Of course, you guys are still in the middle of it all. It's in your name. So what do you consider your most fanboyish trait? Has it ever gotten you in trouble in any way? Connor, well, define, Connor and I, define, d- define trouble. Well, Connor and I first have uh, we have we have an issue with this particular habit. Yeah, I hate that. Oh, I do that. <laughs> I, I do it. that. I hate it. Why? Well, we used to go uh, because to it a, symbolizes that you're picking it for the qual for the resellability quality of the spine and no 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 I just don't want one that's been that's all mangled. Okay, I want no, a nice crisp, clean, clean top. Pick why? Up, because you pick up the top one. No, because I, I bag and board it. Because I bag and board it. I understand wanting to have something that's in good condition. That makes sense. If I pick one up and it's got a crease in it or something like that, I'll buy a different one. I do the same thing with magazines. Right, but if the top one that you pick up, there's nothing visibly flawed with it, then oh, then yeah. you're being then you're being no, but. But but the thing is is that like I don't make the judgment when I pull it. I instinctively I I go I reach my hand to to where they are and I with my fingers dial about three or four back and take that one. Well, had you it, been insti- in front of us at the comic shop that we went to, we would have muttered about you. Yeah. All right, and I would I would have stabbed you with my shiv. Probably not. I yeah. I, I would have elbowed you out of the way. I do that with guys who are doing that. Um, <laughs> at my, but at I, but my I, store. But uh, keep in keep in keep in mind though that I sh- I shop at a much less traffic store than you guys do, and I'm not I'm not elbow to elbow with somebody, and also I don't I'm do it very quickly. Slows like, you down. Even notice. That's, that yeah. was the thing. I will punch you no matter what kind of store you're at. This is getting violent. I'm not happy. I I was home all week, so I wasn't at work. Didn't go to my normal store. I went to a neighborhood store, and the guy put bags and boards in my bag. Without oh, asking wow, for them, and yeah. I don't know what the fuck to do with them. Oh, stop! I don't. Yeah. I don't. No, I have them. like I, I have I like stack them. Like, what am I supposed to do with this? I have like ten left, and I'm like, well, there's no point. I just bought a, another thing, a hundred bags. I should just boards. give you my extras because blow me. I I recently bought um, another copy of Suburban Glamour number one because mine got dirty. <laughs> the one I bought last week, it got like because it's a white cover. It got kind of like we- you know like that. That, vin- that that kind of like when something like a, another book is on top of it and the ink kind of runs off on the white. So I bought a new copy and quickly put it in a bag and board and put it in my long box. Oh, God. Is that that's your – would you say that's indicative of your most fanboyish habit? Well, that's my most recent I would say. My most fanboyish habit is probably is that I, I – but the thing is that it's, it's – but I'm not ashamed of it and you guys can go fuck yourselves and like I don't care. Like I enjoy – I take my stack of comics and my bags and boards and go down and get in front of the TV with a long box and I bag and board while I watch TV and I enjoy it. I don't think that that's like, actually I, yeah. bad. I mean also because yeah. it's just ingrained in habit. But there's got to be something that you do that it doesn't make any rational sense. I mean buying that – Well, buying the, buy the suburban glamour, that's not making any rational sense. Right, but it's not a habit. That's the, That's a thing. I don't know. I, I am horrible about lending trades. I hate having trades go out unprotected or anything. 
By what armed security? No, but like like if like you have to lend them and people like want to carry them around in their backpack oh. or something like that. That's right. Yeah, I know. I know exactly what you mean. It kills me to do that. And, and um, I know that their books yeah. are meant to be read and everything, but shit, they're on my shelf. Well, this came up in the hundredth episode. I I, I I take the dust cover I, uh, on hardcovers. I take the the dust jacket off and keep that nice. That's crazy. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean that's that's the point though. There you go. Yeah. Connor, what's yours? I don't have any. I don't think. I don't believe that for a second. I, the only the only strange thing I have, which is not related to comics, is my OCD to keep everything in the proper order. But other than that, I don't have any like fan. I don't care. My my trades go out. They get they get bent. I buy a new one. I Let me ask you this. Forth. Oh wait a minute. Wait a minute. I know what he I did. Know we know. Too. Yeah. Yeah. You go, Josh. Uh, what? How do you? What? How? What order do you read your comic books in? Oh no. That's not fan force. Everybody has an order. That's not no. Fan no. What? That, no. Unique. Connor's no, specific unique. method of reading comic books. I do indies first, and then non-continuity books, then Marvel books, then DC books, and then within those titles, I've got different orders for them. <laughs> I don't see anything. What's wrong with that? That's not strange, though. That's mostly... Yeah, that's, that's just, I just, that's just organization. I think it's funny that like, the, the not, like, the indie books have to come first because the continuity... I don't know. I think that's weird. I like to read all the universes I, at the same time. I don't like to. I like to spread it around. I was going to say I was gonna say um, Connor's recent penchant for buying things in trade that he has in issues. Ooh. What do you mean? Like you bought the entire run of JLA that I know you have the issues for. Right, so I can reread it because my issues are in Red Hook. Right, but still, but you can go to Red Hook and get them. No, I can't. I've that's been three hours. You could. He actually doesn't know where Red Hook is. <laughs> okay. No, I mean that's, that's okay. just me laying the groundwork to eventually getting rid of the issues. I mean, so basically, yeah. this question um, let us fight. Fuck you. <laughs> Wait, who? Next question. Bronson O'Quinn from Kentucky. <laughs> Great name. Uh, I was recently re- reorganizing my shelves with my respectable collection of trades and found a minor but annoying problem. While most trades are the same size, here we go, this is more fanboy. This is the same question. There are oh, this drives me crazy. There are a few mostly hardcover indie that don't quite fit in with the height of the others, and as a result, I have only two options. The first is to resize the pegs in the shelves so that even the lo- at largest absolutes will fit. But because of how my shelves are built, each making each shelf large enough to accommodate one or two hardbacks causes the bottom shelf to be abnormally small, or having removed that shelf abnormally large. While I'd want to keep certain books with their respective sections, I split them up by publisher, character, then title. Doing so would create a visual discontinuity that I find aesthetically displeasing, which, as you can imagine, irritates at least a couple of my peculiar manias and eccentricities. The second and final solution is to segregate my books by size, having only a couple of large shelf spaces for my hardcovers and putting everything else uniformly back in place under my aforementioned organizational system. This seems like the obvious solution, and you're probably questioning my sanity for writing when the answer seems so clear, but this destroys that sense of order that I've already established is oh so important. I want my DC with my DC, my Marvel with my Marvel, but the invisible publishing demons seem only content with screwing with my harmonic and homogeneous shelving system. So now you're probably assuming my question is, why do you, what do you guys do with your own personal libraries? But that doesn't really help me, and it's much too obvious. My real question is, am I so anal retentive and obsessive compulsive about such minute details that I should either seek personal help or should just get over it? Should I worry about the importance of forced segregation, or does my obsession with how much size matters say something about Freudian about me? Any way you right. choose to answer, I'm sure the answer is... Wait, 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 wait. I have an no, idea. No, 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 Wait, no, no, wait no, no, let, no. Let, me, let me set no. my idea. I bet no. we can all guess what each other would say. Okay, forgot. Okay, uh... First of all, you two guys absolutely relate with him. Uh, my, I was going to say to him, there's nothing wrong with you. You're completely right. You need to get new shelves. <laughs> Fucking keep the publishers together. By all means, do not separate the publishers. And I kind of question organizing by the character. That's just me. But um, uh, my personal organization is by publisher and then by um, – and then 
then I admittedly I do do I do segregate by size. I keep the absolutes together, and then the then the larger hardcovers, the smaller hardcovers. But I try to instill an alphabetical because I grew up in the library. So I um uh, I keep I mine is purely alphabetical. It doesn't matter. I don't group by publisher or or anything else. It's purely oh, interesting. Agency. Um, I'm actually in the process. I'm moving bedrooms in my apartment. Somebody moved out. I'm moving into the larger bedroom. I wrote a few months ago about having no space. Now I finally got space. Um, so I'm building custom bookshelves yes, uh, in order to fit like my trade paperbacks. So I'm going to build them. I'm customizing shelves to fit absolutes and to fit the oversized hardcovers. And have smaller shelves for the manga-sized books and the digest runaways and things like that. So I'm actually going in. I'm designing and building myself uh, these shelves. And if you know case. anything about me, you know how I'm organized, and I don't even think they want to talk about it. There yeah, is no any, organizational process. You don't make any, any fucking place. We were trying to find books in Josh's house the other day, and it was just like it was like let me close my eyes and just spin around, and then maybe I'll, I'll maybe I'll have a good chance of finding. I know where everything is. Bullshit. I do. <laughs> no, no, no. I believe. I wasn't saying it's bullshit that you know where everything is. I was saying it's bullshit just in general. <laughs> I, I, I put them up in the order that I buy them. Yeah. I love how freaky we are in our, in our audiences. Yeah. That's awesome. That's really cool. <laughs> so if you're freaky and you want to share about your weird OCD eccentricities, you can send us an email at contact.ifanboy.com. Or if you want to watch a lot of movies, you could join the Netflix. They've got over 75,000 titles. They've got HD movies and Blu-ray movies. If you got that, there's no late fees. It's free shipping both ways. It's fast delivery. Uh, plans start from just four ninety nine a month and up. And if you go to www.netflix.com slash iFanboy, you can sign up for a two, free two-week trial. And if you go through that way, then we'll get credit for it, which is good for us. So thank you. Now voicemail. All right, so our first voicemail um, continues the theme of OCD. <laughs> hey, guys, how's it going? This is Dave calling you from Montevideo, Uruguay. Um, so I was just back in the States. For my friend's wedding, and uh, my friend picked up all my old titles for me um, while I've been away. I've been away for apparently about four months because I've got about four issues of everything. Um, and my question is this: uh, my friend apparently is a big X-Men fan because about 50% or about 30 of the the issues that he got me are X-Men titles. So I'm kind of catching up on all the old X-Men titles from the summer and I'm trying to figure out what Ron's talking about when he says that X-Men books always have either five or seven members on a team. So, for example, I'm looking at X-Men 200 right now, and I don't, I'm counting six team members. So that would be, in this issue, Mystique, um, Lady Mastermind, Iceman, Rogue, Omega Sentinel, and Cannonball. Uh, I don't know. I was hoping maybe Ron could clear this up. Hope you guys are good. Ciao. Well, Ron, you've been called out. Okay, I can understand why he has a problem with this. Um, this is something, a quick formula that I call the rule of five or seven, which is mainly a Marvel thing. I don't know if it played in no, DC, but I think, I think it kind of did. It's, yeah. it's practical yeah. group dynamics. Yeah, it, it was a formula that I think it start, they started adopting maybe in the in the, in the 70s, uh, definitely in the 80s, a little bit in the early 90s. They've gotten away from it in the 21st century in the 2000s, to be honest with you. But if you look at the teams, like for me, what I looked at like was X-Men, X-Factor, New Mutants, Excalibur, all the X-Men kind of books, even the Avengers, stuff like that. It always seemed that the teams were grouped in five or seven. Um, don't ask me why. The original X-Men were five. Well, it's easy, right? The 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 all new all new all different X Men Wolverine and Storm ended up being seven. 
Um, why do you think it's easy, Connor? Because then you can't have this team split down in the middle. You, can all, yeah. you always have one group bigger than the other. If there's a division in the group, one side's going to have more people than the other. Yeah, exactly. It's kind of like group dynamics, that sort of thing. Admittedly, the X-Men books recently, in the past couple of years, they just it's a mishmash of people, and they've gotten away from it, and I think that's one of the problems with the books. Too many, yeah, um, too many people. Yeah, but I think five and seven is your ideal team dynamic for a superhero team. And then within there, and we talked about this on the Jim McCann podcast um, for, with a Q&A with Marvel, within that five and seven, you get you know, you know get a, uh, a a telepath or a mind power, you know, a flyer, a, a, a bruiser. Uh, it's almost like you know forming a group in World of Warcraft. <laughs> So, um, so anyway, but yeah, so, so it's a formula for creating superhero teams, five or seven. Go back, look at comics over the past 30 years. You'll see that theme throughout. Well, Teen Titans at five. Sorry. What? <laughs> All right. Um, okay. what is it? <laughs> what is it? I'm trying to do one and I can't even remember what they used to say. Oh. Uh, my God. Lord. <laughs> More work. <laughs> All right. Uh, uh, I nearly just spit my water. Oh, let's go. <laughs> All right. Our next, our next voicemail. <laughs> our next caller is looking to add to his collection. Okay. Hey guys, this is Ryan from Houston. Um, I was wondering if y'all could talk about some maybe like epic series, like kind of onto themselves, kind of along the lines of like Preacher, uh, Strangers in Paradise. I think Wild Last Man might meet that criteria when it's done. But um, I'm looking to get into something else that's kind of good to get in trade. I think those are like these, these uh, really kind of long-spanning, you know, in-their-own-universe stories like that. If there's any other that I am missing or if you could recommend some, I'd appreciate it. Thanks a lot. Bye. Oh, man. Okay, this, this, yeah, this is, a, this is an easy one. Rapid fire, rapid fire. Let's go. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Transmetropolitan. A uh, um, sci-fi story from Vertigo by Warren Ellis, beginning, middle, um, and end. Uh, Cerebus, uh, Dave Sims' opus, big phone books you can get, uh, 300 issues of an aardvark in, uh, I don't even know, he's got, it's like fantasy-esque, um, swords, stuff like that, yeah. really, really good. Uh, Sandman, Sandman that's Vertigo, um, there was a, uh, The Losers I just finished, like I was talking about earlier, there's five trays of that, it's a little shorter, but it's great, um... It's hard to say without a genre. Yeah. You know what? Vertigo is a great place for that if you like those because they've got others along those same lines. Lucifer uh, is another one that's, that's excellent. Ooh, ooh. Um, uh, Bone, if you like the little more yeah. kind of um, not as gritty. Um, Bone is a great epic, sprawling epic that you can actually you can get in trades or in one big volume, but it's awesome. So. Um, cool. Yeah. All right. Um, our, next, uh, our next voicemailer is calling about some books from Marvel. Hey, guys. This is Sean from Seymour. And I got a few questions about some uh, series that are coming up. Uh, I'd recently picked up Fool Killer Number One, the Marvel Max uh, series, and uh, I found that's basically an upped-up body count of the Punisher. I was wondering if any of you guys read it, what you thought about it. Uh, and also, I have a question on Halo Uprising series that Bendis and Maliev are doing. It's been the first issue came out. I thought it was really good. But when's the next issue coming out? It's been pushed out, and it's been pushed back and pushed back. And I was just wondering if they're ever going to get it out on the market. Okay, great show. Uh, bye. Um, all right, let's answer his questions backwards to forwards. How about that? Okay. okay. Um, Halo Uprising number two is solicited to come out on November seventeenth, two thousand seven, and Halo Uprising number one had came out, come out on August twenty second, two thousand seven. So it's a little late. It's tri-monthly. 
Tri-monthly. It's a new format. It's like 40 so. pages, though. No, it's quad-monthly. Yeah, it, it's, yeah it's, it's, it's quad-monthly. It's quality. Don't get me wrong. You'll, you'll, you'll get your bang for the buck. The Maliv artwork is worth it. Um, Wait but the yeah. trade. Yeah. It is. It's, um, it's going to come out. It's not like it matters, you know? It's not continuity-driven, so <laughs> yeah. blah, 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 blah. It's, and it's, I don't and know where that came from. <laughs> I don't know either. Was, uh, full, full Killer. Did we read Full Killer? I actually right. did read Full, full Killer. Yeah? I, did, you think? I didn't like it. <laughs> it was just like it was like a bunch of people getting killed and like the sort of the violence and the swearing and everything was so obvious and like look at I can swear in this book that I was just put off by it. It was not organic. It, it was just look at us be violent and horrible and like raped on a pool table horrible. Ew, oh, what? I mean no Jesus. yeah, I mean like really like I was like okay, I'm actually uncomfortable now. Yeah. And there was no sense of humor to it. Not that that's funny, but you know what I mean like yeah, and it's interesting because it was written by. I mean, Greg Hurwitz is a is a is a author. You know what I mean? Like he's yeah. a you know. Um, he's probably trying to make comic books gritty because he hasn't read any then. Yeah, it is a Max book though, so yeah. that's what you would expect from Max. Yeah, I know, but it, you yeah. know, like, got to be a story, yeah. and it was just like, oh, a bunch of people are getting killed by a vigilante. Ooh. Yeah, but the, th- the the thing is, I bet there's a lot of people who who that's right up their alley. Yeah. Sure. Well, who really, yeah. So. And they like crappy books. Oh, that's not nice. Oh, boo. I, I only read the first part. <laughs> it might get amazing, but I was really non, non-impressed. All right, so um, if you have a theory about Fool Killer, you can call in at the voicemail to one eight 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 fanboys That's one eight 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 three two six two six nine seven. I was just raw on that. Like, I haven't been in a long time. I kind of feel bad. Oh, well, it's pretty bad. Ron, you yeah, have an so. announcement to make. Yeah, well, no, I don't make a big deal about it. But for those of you who like to keep track at home, the the seven of you who are, are amused by our lives, um, uh, you've gotten you've gotten pretty used to uh, on Wednesdays uh, waiting around for the pick of the week um, for the the review to go up. Typically, it goes up around midnight. eleven or midnight or two in the morning if Josh is doing it. Um, <laughs> How about go to hell and suck it? Uh, uh, but well, um, you're gonna have to wait uh, every three weeks. You're gonna have to wait a little longer because um, I'm actually gonna be relocating to the West Coast. Um, so my my weekly reviews will be going up uh, on Pacific Standard Time. So those of you in California, Mike Romo, um, if you want to go to the website at um, 3 a.m. Eastern Time or midnight Pacific Time, you'll see my review because I will be out there in the sun avoiding fires. Um. Yeah. So uh, that's actually uh, going to be uh, as of November. Wait a November, minute. When so. were you guys going to tell me about this? <laughs> well, you're leaving the show, right, Ron? Yeah. No. Exactly. And that's that's actually the move is pre- you know precipitating my leaving the show because and, I got and walk, people lined up. Walking away from my fanboy proper. No, I'm just kidding. You can't get rid of me that easily. The show must go on. The show will continue. Both the audio show and the video show will not be impacted by this. Technology is a wonderful thing, as is airlines. I have to make some calls then. <laughs> I can't believe I moved all the way out here to this fucking hellhole <laughs> of fucking New York City, which is the most, which is the crotch of America. Hey, fuck you. Go then leave. Nobody would, they wouldn't want you here then. You know what? Fuck you. I learned that while I was here. Um, so those of you who've been with us for the long haul now will remember when we had Josh in L.A. for the first year. Now we will have Ron in another part of California um, and it will be yes. like coming home again. Yes, it will. So, <laughs> at least I don't have to see uh, you as often. Oh well. Oh. Yeah. Go fuck and I won't have to talk. <laughs> I won't have to talk to you until at least noon. 
<laughs> I know exactly. It's, it'll be fun, you know. When things just get a little too kind of um, good, uh, boring, and kind of repetitive, you got it's good to mix things up. Productive, you, know? you mean? So. All right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that wraps the show up for this week. Did people say, "You remember the? Did you remember the point when when the show started? When the show fell apart? Oh, I remember when it started. <laughs> we just jumped the shark. I don't know if you guys felt that. <laughs> exactly. I can see teeth. Um, so go to ifanboy.com and check out the Pick of the Week review uh, and, and the discussion that goes along with that and all the other topics that we blog about throughout the week. Um, uh, every the video show. Yeah, every Saturday you can go to revision3.com slash ifanboy or to ifanboy.com. Our weekly video show comes up. Last week we did a uh, Convince Me show, and this week uh, we're doing a profile on a major independent company. And it's way up there. You'd have to reach for it. Maybe get a ladder. Yes. So check it out. It's completely different than the audio show. And if you um, if you dig the video show and you dig the audio show and you like the website, um, why not show your pride with a t-shirt? Uh, go to jinx.com forward slash ifanboy, pick up a t-shirt. Um, if you buy a t-shirt, take a picture of yourself wearing it and send it into jinx.com. They'll send you stickers and and you can represent as part of the ifanboy faithful. So go buy your t-shirt today while you can still get them. Oh, or you, as we said earlier, you can email us at contact at ifanboy. You can leave a voicemail at 888-FANBOYS, which is 326-2697. Call about any damn thing you want. It doesn't stop anybody else. We are on the internet at myspace.com, comicspace.com, verb.com, Facebook, and at Twitter, both iFanboy and the three of us. As well as iFanboy.com, where you can find links to all those sites and stuff like that. And, um, and if you dig the podcast, the, the best way to uh, get the word out, let your friends know, tell your comic book store, um, tell all the people that read comics, go to iTunes, leave a review. We'd really appreciate it. Help us spread the iFanboy word. Yes. Uh, and then finally, if you have more money than you know what to do with, and who doesn't really, uh, you can go to iFanboy.com slash donations and, and, and help us buy jewels. Yes. <laughs> Jewels. <laughs> Apparently, now I'm, I'm hungry. <laughs> Josh I'm just diamonded it out. Yeah. <laughs> what I'm, getting, I'm, I'm getting Hawkeye and diamonds in my teeth. <laughs> All right. Well, um, I gotta go pack. So um, we'll see you next week. Jerk. This is like the most non-committal bombshell ever. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I'm Josh. I'm, I'm Connor. I'm staying here, bitch. Tell me.